It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome into Locked On Aggies, your number one podcast for all things surrounding Texas A&M as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson still here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, getting you ready for the 2019 Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl as the Texas A&M Fighting Aggies will travel just 90 miles or so up the road to Houston to face the number 25 Oklahoma State Cowboys. As always, we have to do our house cleaning ritual. Make sure you're following us on social media at Locked On Aggies. Locked On Aggies is the number one spot for all your Locked On podcast needs. Number two, make sure you're following us at Aggies SI. Remember, Sports Illustrated's Aggie Maven and the Lockdown Podcast Network have partnered together to give you quality content found in more than just one way. So you can check out all of our great work at si.com slash TAMU. And if you want to follow me on social media, it's really simple. My name is Cole Thompson. I'm a Mr. at Mr. Cole Thompson. Guys, yesterday was the start of the early signing period for all college football teams. Here's what that means for anyone who doesn't understand the whole premise of the early signing period. National Signing Day is in February. It's where all the players must sign exactly where they are attending, their where the college they are attending, where they will be playing their first year of college ball. They don't have to stay there forever. Uh, it's also where transfer players can come in and say, you know what, I'm transferring to this program. But early signing day is brand new. It's only been around for about three years. What this means is it allows players who want to enroll early, sign early. And it also means players who know for a fact there's no chance of them decommitting and flipping sides and they want their recruiting to end for them to process, you know, just being a young adult going into their senior year, their second half of the senior year. They can sign early, making their letter of intent official, and they will be a part of the program. Now, there is always going to be speculation on who's going to be the top class, and you have to look at some of the rankings overall and, and wonder where a team like AM would fit. Well, second straight season under Jimbo Fisher, third straight season overall and for Texas A&M, because part of the recruits were Kevin Sumlin, part were Fisher. Texas A&M is going to finish inside the top 10 once again. As it sits right now on 247sports.com, the Aggies have the 6th ranked recruiting class. Rivals.com has them as the 5th ranked recruiting class. And ESPN has them ranked as the number 8 ranked recruiting class. We're going to go ahead and we're going to break down everything that happened yesterday with some of the big-name stars, guys who we really like for the signings, guys who could be immediate contributors. Uh, but overall, let's just start off with this. Anyone who still has a problem with Jimbo Fisher needs to start looking at the big picture. Because his first year in College Station that he went 9-4, and four, a lot of them were with players that were not his. A lot of them were with guys that he did not recruit. Kevin Sumlin recruited them. Whether they were a senior and they were already on the roster or whether they were a brand new freshman. Kevin Sumlin recruited those players. A majority of them. Now, of course, Fisher had his hand in the pocket on some of the guys who he wanted and some of the guys who he's able to commit to flip for the next season, such as a player as Jay Sean Corbin. But overall, this was all of Sumlin's guys. Last year... We see some of the young talent that's been on the rise. Jalen Weidemeyer, 
Isaiah Spiller, Anaya Smith, Kenyon Green. Those are Fisher players. Those are players that he got in his own recruiting trail, brought into Texas A&M, and is hopefully going to continue to make the team better. This season, he selected 22 players at the moment to be a part of the long-term plan. 13 of those players are expected to enroll early. Next month, they will be in College Station. Do you understand that if all these players hit and all these players end up working out in favor of the team, that this is going to be a dangerous AM team next season? And when I mean dangerous, I mean we're talking this is going to be scary good if everyone hits. Because it's not looking like they're losing anyone to the NFL draft besides Justin Matabike. Uh, Charles Oliver and Braden Mann, all guys who we knew were going to leave because of either the draft announcement or they were seniors. And they have a lot of young talent. They only have one five-star player. Damon DeMoss is the only five-star player that AM was able to get. But they got 14 four-stars and nine three-stars. They have a lot of talent on this team. And they've already had a plethora of talent to build around. But they now have this young core that they compare with the 2018 class. Or I guess 2019, really. And you put them together, and you wonder, how good is this A&M team going to be? Because when you look at the strength of schedule, it's significantly easier than this year. Fresno State, Colorado... Abilene Christian, and I believe North Texas are their four games outside of the conference play. In conference play, you still have Arkansas. They're in shambles right now. You have Vanderbilt this year as your other SEC East opponent instead of Georgia. I have no idea what's going on with them and Derek Mason. And you have Ole Miss, a program that's probably going to be on the rise very soon, but not this year. Mississippi State. You have an LSU team that's losing a lot of talent to the NFL. And and a lot of it's not even just seniors leaving. It's a lot of also underclassmen. You have Georgia, who you'd face in the SEC Championship more than likely. They're losing a lot. Alabama, they're a toss-up right now. There's been reports coming out from my counterpart at SI, Christopher Walsh, that there's a lot of Alabama players who will come back next season. But if they don't, they're going to be replenishing. They're going to be refreshing everything. They're going to be restarting it all. And you have Florida. Florida had a decent recruiting day yesterday. I think they finished right outside, right inside the top 10 at number 9. But that, uh, those are going to be your two opponents on the SEC East. I'm not saying A&M is going to go undefeated next season. But if their prospects hit, and with 13 players coming in early... Learning the system, getting acquainted to the locker room, getting acquainted to which players they'll be working with, knowing the starters' names, knowing their role. That's huge. And this is a team that I think now, when we look back, we can say, okay, we need to trust the process just a little longer. Because Jimbo Fisher is doing things right. 
and he is getting things done in College Station. Maybe not as fast as you want it to get done, but but he's getting it done. He's easily getting it done. Speaking of getting it done, we had over 22 signees yesterday make their official announcement. Jimbo Fisher still says they could get three or four more guys, make it a class of 25, but there's a few guys who could be coming in early and a few guys who could be coming in this season that could be the difference maker for A&M, and we're going to break down those guys in just a quick moment. Guys, we know the holiday season can be stressful, and sometimes you're a little late getting gifts, so go ahead and go visit breakingtea.com slash locked on. Breaking Tea makes fun sports t-shirts surrounding teams' most passionate moments, and it's a great gift for all fans. So go check out breakingtea.com slash locked on, and feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts this holiday season. Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson's still here in the driver's seat. Guys, if you're not listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, especially shows like Locked On Pokes of Oklahoma State, who the Aggies will be facing on December 27th, what are you doing? We have over two dozen college football shows ready and willing to be there for you to listen to on a daily basis. It comes with great content, great writers, great reporters overall, and also some pretty superb guests when you look at some of the lineups that we have. So make sure you check out all the great college football podcasts at LockedOnPodcast.com slash college football. We were talking a little bit about this recruiting class, the 2020 class. A&M will probably finish inside either the top five, depending on who they land following the the upcoming weeks in February before the actual National Signing Day, or at least they'll finish top 10 with probably the the highest ranking at a number six coming from from 247sports.com. Every year we see a freshman or two make an impact at the NFL level, I mean at the college level, we see them light up the stat line. They become a major factor. We've seen it this year in A&M, Jalen Weidemeyer, Anaya Smith, uh, Kenyon Green did a pretty good job. Of course, you got to throw in Isaiah Spiller, who was my offensive player of the year vote because of what he did in the run game. So there's going to be players from this 2020 class who I think are going to step up immediately. And I'm going to rank my personal five favorite players and where they sit on this roster moving forward to build around. Number five is going to be the five-star, actually. A lot of people are like, wow, that's this is pretty shocking. But for the purpose of this exercise, there's not a home for Damon Damos right now. I, I don't see them getting rid of Kendrick Rogers. I don't see them replacing him, Courtney Davis. I don't see them replacing um, Anaya Smith. And I mean, when you look at those four, Osmond, Rogers, Davis, and uh, Smith, that's your four lineup. I mean, Cameron Buckley is probably going to lose some spots. You maybe could lose a couple more guys in the transfer portal later on down the line, but... Damos is a long-term plan. This is a guy who I think is going to be very effective as Rogers' replacement. You know, this is a track star. He's known for his speed, but he's a bigger body kind of guy. He is a Rogers-esque type clone, but with a more powerful approach to the starting line. So I see Damos being the biggest reason why AM is successful down the line. But if we're talking about right now, in you know, in the next few years, like this upcoming year, 2020, he'll be a part of the team. And maybe he'll be a contributor, but he's not going to be the reason why this team is going to sign and become, you know, an overnight person. I mean, overnight success. 
it's going to take time for him. And it's not his fault. He is, in my opinion, the most talented player on the draft class. But it's just there's no spot for him right now. So I don't see how he becomes effective this season. Number four for me is going to be Antonio Johnson. This is another player who I think when you look at him for the long-term future, great kid. One of the better safeties. Number three safety in America. Uh, it was the our uh, number eight safety in America. Number three player in the state of Illinois. He was a guy the Aggies were high on consistently. He had been visiting the program. He was uh, someone that you know you could build around. And he had very he had a lot of senior success during his you know during his final season. The problem is is that you're not replacing Damani Richardson this year. And Keldrick Harper still is a veteran leader on that team. So I could see a guy like Johnson playing a lot more in maybe a, I don't know how to put this, maybe a dime formation. You have a three safety set. Maybe he rotates in because of you are losing veteran talent, such as Charles Oliver, such as uh, Roni Elam. So I could see him maybe playing a rotational role, unlike a player such as Damon Damos, who probably gets the red shirt. But I do think that of all the defensive backs that are on the team right now, he's going to be one that doesn't have a immediate impact like some of the other guys we're going to name. Number three for me is Donald Harris, defensive end. This is a player who scared A&M fans all day yesterday, potentially transferring, uh, decommitting from Texas A&M and officially going to Florida in his hometown. Last second, he did decide that he was going to stay at um, at AM and be a part of their longevity, becoming a pretty much dynamic duo with DeMarvin Leal. Harris finished his senior season with 73 tackles, but while that is impressive on its own, how about we talk about his number of sacks? 21 sacks at the high school level, four, uh, three force fumbles, Totaling out in his last two seasons, 133 tackles, 40 sacks, three, four forced fumbles, and 24 tackles for losses. This is a guy who's going to be a big run stopper and going to be the excellent pairing with Leal. You now have your weak side defensive end to pair with your strong side defensive end. You put them together. One is known for bringing guys down in the backfield, and one was an elite pass rusher at the at the high school level. You're pairing these two together. This is huge. This is so big for the program. This is so big for recruiting. This is so big for exactly what you're looking for on the defensive line. And the biggest thing is you're losing a guy like Justin Matabike, who was that veteran talent. You're now getting a guy who's coming in and is going to be just as effective, if not more, especially on the edge. Coming in at number two, I would go probably with the guy who I think is going to be the immediate contributor in the secondary, and that's Brian George. Brian George is a JUCO transfer. He shined this past year at Midland Community College and has been on AM's radar for quite some time. We've already seen what one transfer cornerback could do who comes from the JUCO level in Elijah Blades. And if Blades was healthy, maybe somehow AM actually wins that game against Georgia. Because maybe he's the one covering George Pickens, and that touchdown never happens. Instead, it's a broken up pass. AM takes the 13 to 12 lead, and there you go. That, that's a win. 
George is also going to be on campus when the team starts back up in January. He'll be an early signee. He'll be in College Station. Something that Blades didn't have and which what took him that much longer to join the staff. So I think, personally, this is the player who on defense is going to make the immediate impact. He can play some nickel. He can play some outside. You have him and Devin Morris, uh, Devin Renfro. Uh, of course, now Jalen Jones, who's another guy. I would have probably put him in at number six. Just for now, I think that he can be a quality contributor. But you have your secondary kind of finally coming together. And you at least have it for the 2021 season when a lot of other players are actually leaving the program. But number one for me, this is a guy that I personally thought was the player to watch out for. And he's like getting a lot of respect. Uh, but that's Devin Acting. You have to understand that when what happened to AM in the past couple days, Jacob Cabote is no longer a part of the program. You also have Vernon Jackson. He had a career ending injury, no longer a part of the program. Uh, Daneric Prince transferred, no longer a part of the program. Biggest one, Jay Sean Corbin, guy who followed Jimbo Fisher from Tallahassee to College Station, was expected to be the lead back, lost starting reps because of an injury, wasn't even his fault, hamstring injury. To Isaiah Spiller, now he's in the transfer portal. He could return. That's the thing about the transfer portal. Just because you're in it doesn't mean you're out of the school you're in. It just means that you're in the transfer portal. But this team is going to need some speed. Whether that be in special teams, whether that be out of the backfield on swing routes, whether that be on, you know, as a pure runner. I got your guy right here. This is one of the fastest players in all of college football. Or will be next season when he joins the, when he joins the roster. He is a dual sport athlete and he is one of the nation's top sprinters. He rushed. He averaged almost 20 points. 20, 20 seconds in a 200 yard meter. This guy is fast. Now you just give him a little dump route on the outside. You have your James White right there. I always try to compare players to what I can see them at the next level. You have your lead back in a guy such as Spiller. You're going to have your power back in a guy such as uh, Cordarian Richardson. Now you have speed. You give him the ball, you let him fly. 114 career touchdowns in three seasons. That's how many he had at Fort Ben Marshall. And they're not done either. They're playing for a state championship this weekend in Texas. That's how good this team is. And he's a majority of the reason. Now you have a sprinter. Now you have a player who knows exactly what he's doing. You also have a guy who can become an immediate replacement in the backfield for a guy like Corbin that allows someone such as Spiller to take the reins as the lead back instead of change the pace back. Speaking of backs, there is one other player who could still be on the Aggies roster when it comes time to National Signing Day or the All-American Game, which is where he'll make an announcement, and we will talk about him in just a quick moment. Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson's still here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us on all different types of social media platforms, at Locked On Aggies, at Aggies SI, and at Mr. Cole Thompson. Two things before we wrap up the show. We talked a little bit about what it means to be in the transfer portal, and here's what it means. Absolutely nothing. You can leave. You can come back. Here's proof of that. 
According to Jimbo Fisher last night at the press conference, he said that Beal was back in practice. Remember, Beal was supposed to be the guy to take over for Baylor Cup when he went down with an injury, and instead, it became the emergence of Jalen Weidemeyer. He thought maybe he was a little undisrespected, didn't belong. He tried his luck going to a different program. Uh, he was able to throw his name out there. Maybe nothing really stuck for him like it did for Jacob Cabote, who transferred to the University of Incarnate Word. But instead... Now you have your third tight end. So a guy like Jay Sean Corbin, who is also in the running, could return to AM. He could say, you know what, I don't like any of the schools. I don't like anything that, that they're offering me. You know, maybe I have a better shot of just splitting reps and then beating out Spiller once again, still being that lead back. A lot of different things can happen there, but just because you enter the transfer portal, it doesn't mean that you're gone. So Beal comes back, and hopefully he can be emerging as that solid blocking tight end. So now you have three guys really to step up, and four of you include Blake Smith, the three-star recruit who is pretty much a Jay Sternberger clone. You're not going to see him a lot with his hand in the dirt. You're going to see him as that flex kind of guy. Fifth receiver option, really, more so than anything else. But now him, Weidemeyer... Cup and Beal all could be a dangerous unit for this Aggies team. Speaking of transfer units, we still have a couple players left hoping to sign their letters of intent to become part of the Maroon and White for the 2020 season. One name to watch out for, which will be the biggest one and the only one we're really going to focus on today because we know his decision will be arriving very soon due to he's already announced that it when he's going to do it and that is North Shore running back Zachary Evans he's one of the top running backs in the nation four-star recruit lives right in the local area um uh, North Shore is right outside of Memorial which is right outside of Houston which is right in the middle of Houston so he's only going to be <clears throat> 75 minutes away from home visit his parents he says he will announce his decision at the All-American game in San Antonio on January 2nd, his top two choices right now look to be between AM and LSU. <clears throat> if the Aggies can get that speed from Devin and uh, Anchi, they also got a guy named Dante Jackson. Kind of another pretty good workhorse running back. And you pair it with Spiller. <clears throat> and you pair it with the bulkiness of Richardson. And you're going to do it all running back in... Evans. I mean, how do you not think this AM team has gotten better? And not just better for the short term, but better for the long term. I mean, we're, we're talking about a team that's probably going to be contending for SEC titles for years. You have your coach in, in place, you have your guy that you want leading the roster, you have your guy who you think is going to make you better. And you have players at every position that are going to impress and continue to grow over time and eventually be a major part of the program's success or failures. But to land 14 four-star recruits, 13 players enrolling early, and you still are getting potential players who are fourth and fifth rounders, AM's doing something right. And I'll tell you what they're doing right. They're trusting the process with a guy like Jimbo Fisher. 
That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Locked on Aggies, at Aggies SI, and at Mr. Cole Thompson. Tomorrow, Friday show, Ask an Aggies. We will break down some of the biggest things that went down this past week. We will also be previewing Texas A&M basketball, who will take on Oregon State this upcoming weekend as their second-to-last game before the start of conference play. This has been Cole Thompson with Locked on Aggies. We'll see you same time tomorrow. And remember, gang them y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.